I want to believe in astrology, because stars are pretty and animals are fun and vague statements about the month ahead comfort me. I just wish I knew more about it. For instance, when I look up at the night sky, which I often do after a midnight trip to the DQ for a delicious bar and a side strawberry sundae, plus a blizzard and a to-go cup for the ride home, I think, gosh, there's the Big Dipper. No, wait, that's the Big Dipper. More of a box with a handle, really. Oh, look, Orion's belt. Wouldn't it be weird to be known only for your belt? Like if my whole body burned in a ritual fire, let's say, uh, uh, according to my final wishes by my brothers in the Warlock Club, would some jogger who was maybe a frequent listener to this program be able to ID my chart remains solely by the kind of belt I was wearing? Oh dear, a black braided belt. That was Dale. I loved his show. Then they'd throw some sand on the blackened bones and maybe put a little stone over the place to mark it and then jog on further down the beach toward the pier, cursing the whole time because running in sand is hard. Well, I can guarantee that if that's the way I go out, I'll still reach beyond the grave and lasso my ghost belt around the mighty portal that leads into the deep night. Hello. Is a scorpion holding a bucket a star sign? Do you wish it was? Does it jibe with your personality and how you see yourself in the world? Maybe it describes that gal at the office. Leanne, such a bucket scorpion. I think all astrology should be scorpions. All the signs, not just Scorpio. Scorpions holding stuff, doing archery, riding other scorpions, doing sex stuff. I'm not a deadly yet alluring desert insect. I'm Dale Seaver, your host for another hour of regrets and revelations and rising stars. Yes, I'm so pleased you could join me as we sail once again through this strange nether region we call the Deep Night. We come to you, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. And our thanks tonight go to our sponsors, the Gowanus Souvenir Shop. People say, Dale, is the Gowanus Souvenir Shop real? And I say, yes, Sally, it is. It is real, as you or me but mostly you, sitting there next to some gym equipment that maybe you're scared to try. Ask for help, why don't you? But then they'll see the weakness. I know how it goes. But yes, you can go to the souvenir shop right there on Union Street, right across the canal. You're probably planning on being near the canal as the weather gets warmer. Anyway, as part of your day, why not stop in? They're friendly and have lots of great stuff. You know what else is great? Me. And I'm here with you tonight on Voce Solo. Sometimes that's by design. Sometimes a guest can only meet on Friday, and you think, wait a minute, my show comes out on a Thursday. So here we are. I'm just back from Miami and San Francisco and Atlanta. Yes, a lot of traveling being done in the name of Galinda's Energy Healing Workshops. Uh, my wife, Galinda, out there. And uh, now it may be the Dirty South in Atlanta, but they are wild about keeping their chakras clean. So we took a few carpet squares, some industrial tubing, and some glass cups that you use for cupping, and we cleaned the bejesus out of those southern chakras, I tell you that. Goodbye, negative energy. It's actually uh, my job to dispose of the negative energy on these trips. Galinda will load all of the supplies into the car, and then she'll give me some cash like, 20 bucks or so. Often it's an IOU written on the back of some stationery from the yoga studio or a medical uh, marijuana prescription slip, and she'll go on ahead to have dinner with a client or just by herself. And I'll drive around 
uh, and I'll take all that used equipment, uh, mason jars that she says uh, are full of bad juju, and I'll have to find a place to get, get rid of it. Now, most of you know this, but not all town dumps are open late. So sometimes it requires me scaling the fence. Other nights, I'll drive out to a mini-mart or something and uh, ask for the key to the men's room. Now, most of these places aren't gender neutral yet, or I'd ask for that. Not a lot of woke Sunoco stations out there, folks. So uh, then I just park in the back near the door, and I take the jars loaded into a cardboard box that we reuse from our weekly meal delivery service, and I'll carry them inside. Now, I'll just dump the energy into the sink uh, because the jars are empty. Okay, let's be clear. <laughs> but I'll make the you know, motion that I'm dumping something out of them, and I'll give the jars a good rinse. I think Galinda would prefer that I do something more with them, like, say, a spell or bury them. But I buried a whole box of jars and special rocks and metal grounding necklaces out behind a Denny's in Albuquerque. And darned if by the time morning came, I couldn't find where I dug the hole. I think they had a coyote or a dog maybe getting in a little outdoor time on a cross-country trip who was really into digging. The whole hillside was covered with holes. I couldn't find my own hole. I did think maybe a basement treasure hunter or a retiree with an RV armed uh, with a metal detector and a trowel was out there looking for old coins or something. But then I did spot some animal tracks, and I, I knew I was up against something less than human. Unless it was a shapeshifter, which, um, honestly, I think are around us most of the time. I mean, do you ever look around and think, how is it possible that every single person has a fully realized life and experiences and memories that are totally different from your own? Not possible. You ever see someone who's like half person and half shelving? That's a shapeshifter. Why are they here? No one knows. Would we have discovered flight without them? Doubtful. Right? So these shapeshifters, they're out there. I think they i think they keep things moving for us is why I think they're here, to keep us from having a mental breakdown. Probably 70% of other humans that you see out there just sentient piles of uh, uh, stuff that make things look populated, you know, to keep things moving and interesting and fulfill our idea of what it's like to be in the world. There's no way that there's this many people out there. Anyway, after losing the jars in New Mexico, I had to drive over to the TJ Maxx outside of Taos. Believe me, the people in Taos never talk about the TJ Maxx there, but it's there. Now, good luck finding it. They make all the stores there look like adobe buildings from Indian times. So you're like, wow, is this the very first TJ Maxx? And you have to go in expecting to find just turquoise and silver bolo ties and overly large bracelets, but no. It's just a regular T.J. Maxx, full of pants with pleats and whatever fell off the truck from Macy's four years ago. But they do have great deals on glassware, which is why I loaded up my cart with new discount jars and some weird vases and a few picture frames, because why not? Plus, they had a few uh, bottles full of olive oil and, I guess, peppers. Anyway, it seemed like that'd be fun to try some evening. And what better place to buy flavored oil than a rural, underutilized T.J. Maxx? Well, everything ended up fine. Galinda, as it turns out, didn't even really notice that the jars were different. She was pretty busy counting the cash from her energy clients and making sure it all went into her special silvery envelope that she carries with her. Now, it's one of those ones that looks like it's made out of bubble wrap, and you think, who uses that? But also, good on you, company, that makes them for figuring out how to produce uh, uh, and turn bubble wrap into something other than bubble wrap, and it's something that you could send through the mail. I mean, we've probably only just started to scratch the surface of what someone could make with bubble wrap. Pouches? Rafts? 
the things eggs come in, chickens. I mean, MIT is probably on it, so I'll give my noodle a rest and let the nerds handle it. Now, back at the gas station in Atlanta this past weekend, I was doing my thing, giving the jars a good rinse and the cold water in the sink and uh, running the tubes under the hot air dryer, and I splashed a little of that metallic-tasting water on my face and gave a long look at my reflection in the mirror. Was this life turning out the way I thought it would? I'm grayer than I used to be. Do I feel like Galinda gives me enough agency in this relationship? Have I fallen in love with a grifter? I love that movie, The Grifters really brought Annette Benning to the country's attention. Where was she before that, I wonder? Is energy even something that can be healed? How does it work? Doesn't it just recycle endlessly like what I hope happens to all of my old whiskey bottles? Has my voice gotten too high on the last few episodes? Goddess, I sound like Paul Lind. What's happening to me the more magical I become? Is my inner sprite a high-pitched warlock and frequent guest on Hollywood Squares? I miss entertainment tonight when it was pure. John Tesh and Mary Hart were legends. Shining blonde guides through the turbulent 90s in Hollywood. Then Extra came along and debased the whole enterprise. Of course, now Extra looks classy compared to TMZ. Does the bar just keep getting lower? Well, before I knew it, two hours had passed. I gathered up my boxes and jars clanging and banging my way out the metal door with its rusted parts near the bolt that kept the door closed and a loose brass knob purchased as a replacement for the original one, which no doubt fell off or had to be cut off when someone got locked in. The door swung open, and there, hovering inches above the broken cement of a neglected racetrack gas station in suburban Atlanta, was a glowing form, buzzing at the same frequency as the small fluorescent light above the door to the men's room. It was easily six foot tall, but it kept changing its dimensions, undulating out and then up, across and then in, it was soft purple, but also green, flecks of shimmering reflection inside it, as if, as if it had recently eaten a gemstone smoothie. I felt a warmth within me to the point that I felt my trousers to make sure I hadn't wet myself or ejaculated. That hasn't happened to me for a while, spontaneous ejaculation, but if it were going to happen, this felt like a moment when it could. It didn't. I was relieved. The being this creature had no face, and I feared it would form one like that gelatinous blob in the movie The Abyss. It did start to move around a bit, as if something inside was trying to push out. A spark arced off the top of the thing and landed in a dry flower pot, setting a withered geranium slightly aflame, but then quickly into a smoldering pile of ash. I stood there with my mouth agape, struggling to find the words. It moved left, and I moved left. It moved right, and I moved right. We were in some kind of cosmic dance. Two souls! maybe reconnecting. I wanted to ask it, Mother? But just then a sploosh of slimy ectoplasmic fluid poured out of the bottom of the thing, splashing the planter, the cement, an empty, sun-faded Fritos wrapper, and my shoes. The creature looked down, then looked at me, and then pushed me out of the way and went into the restroom. I could hear the flimsy lock on the door and the sound of the old faucet being turned on, water sloshing in the sink and then the hot air dryer going for a very long time. Realizing that our dance was just me not getting the signal that this fellow needed to use the facilities, I felt a little sheepish. Not everything is about me, I chuckled to myself. And then I shook the goo off my shoes and kind of shuffle-stepped across the pavement to wipe any excess energy urine off of my cap toes and loaded the clean jars and equipment into the trunk. 
I sat in the front seat, waiting for the thing to emerge, but I must have missed it. I heard a buzzing and then a flash of light, and on the wind I could have sworn I heard a voice like a CB radio mutter under its breath, Asshole. But that couldn't be right. I turned the key in the ignition and drove back down the highway to the Peachtree Holiday Inn and Suites. I sat in the car for a while, looking out the windows at the stars, wondering if a bucket scorpion was a good sign to be born under, if the energy creatures make stuff up about the same stars we do, or maybe they are stars. So many beings looking up or out, trying to make sense of the world, drawing shapes with their minds, connecting the dots, misreading the signs. I hope the constellations change over time, we have new theories about what's out there. Like maybe one star cluster isn't a hunter anymore. Maybe it's a person who fought for equality. Or the shoe of Imelda Marcos. Or Carol Channing eating corn. Maybe it's just all alien stuff and we don't know anything about it. Like they probably see the same stars but reverse, so our constellations don't make any sense anyway. It's not a belt, it's a hat band. You know what I mean. But our aliens out there looking back at us thinking... There's a T.J. Maxx in Taos. It eases the mind to think about another species somewhere on a distant planet, just like me, but, you know, Mars-style, parked next to a flying Ford Escort and space trailer pulling three all-planetary vehicles at a discount motel chain, maybe sneaking a few drags from a space sig, just wondering about whether or not there's any middle-aged podcast host who has spent an ungodly amount of money on rocks you could find for free and drinking water that should also be free, just maybe sitting somewhere in a rented earth car who's also pondering back at them, forever just two weary souls connected through the universal curiosity. Well, I'd love to see an alien, unless all shapeshifters are alien, in which case, well, I've already seen them. Maybe that energy thing was an alien, or maybe that's just an earthbound energy creature. Maybe someday we'll find a wormhole to fall through. Maybe someday the portal that leads to the deep night will lead us across space and time. Till then, we'll just operate here in the narrow audio space that defines the program, and I guess lives inside your mind. Wait, am I just a part of your experience? Am I real? When I look up at the stars, am I just seeing your eyes looking at things? Oh my gosh, my brain hurts. So many people write in to me or ask me on the train, Hey, fella, where'd you get the turtleneck? And boy, that's a great conversation starter with me. So I just go on and on. And the next thing you know, I'm talking about painful divorces with a senior accounts manager from a real estate conglomerate in Midtown who just missed her stop because we're enjoying each other's company. But other times, people just want to have some helpful tips for self-care that they can do at home. So uh, here's a new segment on the cast that we're calling Soul Soakers. Sure, why not? <laughs> but I think you're going to find this helpful no matter what you call it. Now, medicinal healing baths are all the rage. According to the one Instagram account I follow from a lady in Brooklyn who prefers robes to normal clothes and lets her very young daughter play with lots of large candles. But how can I make a healing bath at home that won't break the bank, but will still get my energies moving in the right direction? Easy. Penetrate that awful skin of yours to give your soul a poke and a soak with this step-by-step -step guide to healing the spirit. First, fill the bottom of your shower stall with water. You can stuff a washcloth in the drain, or maybe it's already clogged with hair, saving you this step. Or fill some bags or old nylons with sand and just place them over the hole. What do you mean you don't have sand? Everyone needs a bag of sand in the home. 
Okay, now some folks will tell you that roses or special lilacs or fancy flowers are the only thing that will open up in the scalding hot water and release healing properties and odors. Not true. There's lots of things that will fill the bathroom with herbaceous, mind-numbing scents. I personally use a handful of pine cones, a half-eaten bag of salad greens, some old pasta, any shape will do, and an empty pizza box. Throw all of these ingredients into the water and let them simmer there as they begin to reveal their qualities of renewal and advancement. Sometimes I'll throw in a dash of cayenne pepper, some olive oil, and a candy cane I found behind the chair in the living room, the one that's uncomfortable, but it costs too much to replace. And as you're throwing things in, say some affirmations or aspirations that you hope for yourself. Nothing's too silly or embarrassing. Say it like no one's listening, because other than your neighbor Greg, no one is. Add a splash of good quality Venezuelan rum. And then if you're not already naked, get that way. Step in. Your ankles should feel sticky. That's part of the process. They'll stay that way for a few days or until your next ritual bath. Breathe in that good air. It should smell of rotting earth, peppermint, and very old garlic. These are the ancient smells that have healed emperors and commoners alike since the dawn of time. Now imagine yourself as a commoner back in the olden days, unsure whether the earth is flat, scared of most fish, feet covered in blisters from the sandals. After three hours of standing in roughly three inches of water, you've completed the first step in a journey toward a new, newer, let's say newish, you. Now, if you're not making vigorous love right after one of these, you've missed a step. Go back and try it again. Keep trying things until someone, anyone, loves you. I'd love for you to come to our next Deep Night Live show and help prove that I exist and am loved in return on Wednesday, March 14th at 8 p.m. at the Slipper Room in New York City. My guests will be real and in person as well. I think they have a lot going on. We'll talk to them. We'll welcome Emily Flake, a comedian and cartoonist for The New Yorker, comedian Kenise Mobley from Two Dope Queens, comedy star Julia Shiplett, recently seen on HBO's Crashing. Well, we have that in common, don't we, Julia? And a visit with creature experts Andrew Tischer and Joe Rumrell. What are they going to bring? What are they going to talk about? Who knows? Let's get weird with critters, like that Dame in the Fish movie. Also, music from Cornelius Loy on the theremin. Tickets are up there at deepnightshow.com or on the Slipper Room's website. You can go there, too. And uh, lucky numbers uh, this week are uh, 7, uh, 18, and 36, uh, all crucial ages. And uh, the best uh, time to get a scorpion is any of those ages. You go out and buy a scorpion uh, at that that age, you, you'll 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 have some good luck. Personalized reading this week. Well, the whole thing has been a personalized reading, so just take that to heart. And remember, although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by the Guana Souvenir Shop in Brooklyn and McGinty Salt Lamp Emporium and Discount Flooring in Bay Ridge. Simply the best for a good night's rest. Two things a body needs: a floor and some salt. McGinty's. Deep Night Season 10 podcast icon by Kelsey Roten. Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the show by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm. And a few weird things at the top of the show that I just download for cash from the internet. 
Venue support provided by the Slipper Room in New York City and recording studio services provided by Harvestworks in Soho. Thanks to all of my guests, Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Thank you for listening, and please consider rating and reviewing the show on whatever podcasting forum you're participating in, but especially on Apple Podcasts, which does a great deal toward making Dale feel great, that's me, when he gets up, or is it, when he gets up in the morning for his son's salutations. Are you the best? You are. Close the portal. <laughs>